Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for March 3rd, 2022. On this podcast, I bring you a word from God on a daily basis. And it's not something that I have pre- Sorry, could you say that again? <laughs> this technology. It's not something that I've pre-written or come up with or, you know, before or anything. This is literally today's word. Every morning I see God concerning what he wants me to share with you. And I've been doing this now for over 24 years. Uh, I want you to open up your heart to receive. This year, I'm teaching on intentional progress. Not only do I know, and I believe that the Father wants us to have progress this year because God is a God of progression and not regression. At the end of 2022, God wants us to be incrementally closer to his overall expected end for our lives. God wants to give us a future and a hope and expected end, but we got to pursue that thing and we got to pursue it on purpose. Our job is to find it, follow it, and finish it before we die by the grace of God. But as we're pursuing it, we have to be intentional. We have to be deliberate. We've also been studying the life of Jesus. We're about to get into it now as Jesus is on the road to the resurrection. I need you to open up your heart to get ready to receive the word. All right, I hope you're ready to dream those God-sized dreams and believe what God believes about you. So we're on the road to the resurrection. This is Life Lessons from the Life of Jesus, part 37. This is the road to the resurrection, part eight. I told you this year at the beginning of the year that I would walk you through these six steps. We're still at step number one, praying and discerning the will of God for 2022 and really for this season. And so as we're learning this, we are learning from Jesus. We're learning life lessons from the life of Jesus. And as we were going through that, um, we looked at John 5, 6, 8, 12, 14, 15, 16, 17. I thought I was going to end at 17, but the Lord told me to keep going because the resurrection Sunday is not that far away. And so now I'm talking about how Jesus was preparing for death and everything that happened to him on the road to the resurrection. Where in John chapter 18, uh, when we looked at verses 38 through 40, I kind of got stuck there. I was there for the last two days, and I'm there again today, because once we started talking about Barabbas, I knew I needed to kind of pull the string on that. So today, we're going to talk about Barabbas. What does this mean for you today? I have three things to share with you in this morning. As I get into these three things, I need you to read your heart and mind of all distractions. Three things. Number one, here we go. As you read the story in John chapter 18, I want you to know that we are all Barabbas. You and I, we are all Barabbas. You should know the story by now. If you didn't know it before I started on this series for the last two days, I've been dealing with it. You know the story. Jesus was taken from mock trial to mock trial under the cover of darkness in the middle of the night. He had trumped up charges. It was all a lie. It was all a farce. They bring it before Pilate. Pilate saw right through it. Pilate saw nothing wrong with Jesus. Pilate wanted to set Jesus free, but Pilate also wanted peace in his province. So the Jews and the Romans had this agreement that around Passover, the Roman governor would release one of the prisoners. Somebody that was clearly guilty would be released 
during this season or this ceremony of Passover. Passover was just a few days away. So Rome, uh, so Pilate says, you know what? Let me use Passover as an opportunity to free Jesus. Now, he needs to offer up Jesus, juxtaposed with someone else, for the people to make a decision. So he says to himself, logically speaking, I'm a logical person, like a math person, an engineer, a logical person. This makes sense. He goes, well, let me pick somebody that I know the people are not going to pick over Jesus. Let me pick somebody that is clearly guilty. I have this man named Barabbas. He's a murderer. He is He's on death row. He's scheduled to be killed. Clearly, everybody knows who Barabbas is. He's a revolutionary. He's a thug. He, you know, and, and so people know him. He's a well-known prisoner and he's a well-known criminal. So surely they will release Jesus instead of Barabbas. And so, so Pilate offers up the two people uh, and, and, and what happens? You got one man that was leading a revolution. You got one man that, that was a a thug and a rebel, and this man was no comparison for Jesus. What had Jesus done? All Jesus did was love people. All Jesus did was love sinners, you know? All Jesus did, and that's what drove the religious people crazy, by the way. But anyway, what Jesus, what was he guilty of? Performing miracles? What was he guilty of? Causing the blind to see and the lame to walk and the dumb to speak and the dead to rise? What? What was he guilty of? Multiplying fishes and loaves and walking on water? Come on. What is he guilty of? And so you have one man who's clearly guilty, another man who's clearly innocent. And so Pilate was confident that his plan would work. And so Pilate puts out the people. He says, okay, come on, everybody. I got two people, Barabbas and Jesus, who y'all want me to let go. And the people chose Barabbas. And Pilate thought that his plan failed. You know, in his mind, his plan failed. But really in God's mind, God's plan was still working, <laughs> right? When it doesn't look like God is working, God is always working. God is always up to something. The father knew, watch this. Here's the gospel. The father knew that the people would have to treat Jesus like Barabbas so that he could treat Barabbas like Jesus. Think about that. The father was willing to allow his son to take Barabbas's place on the cross so that Barabbas could take Jesus's place in his heart. Think about that. The father was willing to do that for Barabbas and, and we are all Barabbas. He's willing to do that for us. The, the father was willing to give Jesus our punishment so that in return, he could give us the love and the grace that he had for his own son. The favor that he bestowed upon his own son is the favor that now he bestows upon us. We are all Barabbas. We all deserve to die. None of us are righteous. All of us have sinned. All of us come short. All of us violated the Ten Commandments and we were born sinners, but Jesus took our place on the cross and now we get to take his place in this world. As Jesus is, so am I in this world. Say amen to that. Number two, Jesus traded places with us like he did with Barabbas. Think about Barabbas. Put yourself in his shoes for a minute. You know you're guilty, right? You know that. You, you know that you have punishment coming. And not only that, when the punishment comes, you know you earned it. You know that you deserve it. And then all of a sudden, somebody walks up and, and, and opens up your chains and says, hey, you're free to go. And he's like, what do you mean I'm free to go? He's like, yeah, you're free to go. And as you're walking away, you start to process what just happened. There was an innocent man 
who took my place. There was I, I know I was guilty. I knew I had it coming. I was on death, death row and it was supposed to happen because I, I earned it. I deserved it. I did wrong. But there was this innocent man. I don't even know his name. What's his name? Jesus. All of a sudden he came and he took my place. He got my punishment. He took the payment that I deserved. Do you know what that's called? That's called grace. And yes, it is amazing. It's amazing grace. Like Barabbas, we all deserve that punishment. Like Barabbas, we all earned it. Like Barabbas, we all fall short. Like Barabbas, none of us have complied with the Ten Commandments fully. None of us. None of us. We're all guilty. We were all, not only are we sinners, but we were born into sin. Jesus then came and took our place. We didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. Sometimes it's hard for us to even grasp what Jesus did. Like the old movie. Come on now. Here's the old heads. For the old heads that are on, watch this. You remember the movie Trading Places with Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy? That's what happened. So, so you got in the movie, Dan Aykroyd is like a, a stockbroker and Eddie Murphy is a panhandler. And in the movie, they trade places. And all of a sudden, a man who had no money, boom, is living in the lap of luxury. And the man who has all this money, boom, is living on the streets. And why? Because in the movie, they traded places. Well, guess what? Jesus did the same thing for us. He traded places with us. Jesus took our place on the cross so that we can now take his place in the world. Jesus, who knew no sin, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, the Bible says, Jesus, who knew no sin, there was no sin on Jesus, was made sin. For us, Jesus was made sin for us. Why? So that we could be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Jesus took our place on the cross. God took our sin and, and, and put it on Jesus. And now God took Jesus's righteousness and, and puts it on us. We traded places. And so now I'm righteous. I'm, I'm righteous. Say I'm righteous. I am righteous right now. And I, I'm not righteous because of what I do. I'm not righteous because of what I failed to do. The gospel is, I am only righteous because of Jesus. Jesus did nothing wrong. Jesus had no sin on him. Sin had to be imputed onto him. Sin had to be transferred onto him. Well, I'm not righteous. I had no righteousness in me. Well, guess what? Righteousness had to be imputed unto me. Righteousness had to be transferred onto me. Jesus put down his righteousness and picked up my sin so that I could put down my sin and pick up his righteousness. Now I am righteous. I am righteous by the blood of Jesus. I am righteous by the grace of God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. When God looks at me, when Satan looks at me, he sees sin. When God looks at me, he sees his son. He cannot deny himself. God, look, when he looks at me, even when I mess up, God cannot deny himself. The Bible says, even when we are, when we are faithless, towards God. God remains faithful towards us. Why? Because he cannot deny himself. When he looks at me, he sees that I'm covered by the blood of his own son. When he looks at me, he sees that I'm filled with his own spirit. When he looks at me, even though I do something wrong, he says, that's my boy. I got my stamp of approval on him. I got my stamp of approval on her. That's my son. That's my daughter. He's called. She's called after my own name. Oh, I made plans for him. I made plans for her from the foundations of the world. Pilate offered two men to the crowd. One was perfect and innocent. The other was imperfect and guilty. And the people chose to crucify the perfect man for the imperfect man. And what was true back then is true to us today. Jesus took our place. When the chains were taken off of Barabbas, 
and Barabbas was told that he could go free. The Bible doesn't tell us that, that Barabbas looked around and looked back and said, oh, thank you, sir. What's your name? Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. No, the Bible doesn't tell us that. Historians do not document whether or not Barabbas even became a believer. The Bible doesn't tell us whether or not he got born again. Chances are that he just went on doing his thing. Chances are that once he got released, his crowd of prisoners, his group of fellas was waiting on him. And he probably went back to his own life and he would be just like the world. The, Jesus died for everyone everywhere. Jesus died for all races and creeds. Jesus died for all people of every color, of every nationality, of every ethnicity. But the majority of the world does not accept Jesus. Like Barabbas, he died for them. He took your place, but they walk away and they act like nothing happened. They live like they don't understand that reality. But some of us have accepted Jesus. Some of us have been born again. The Bible says in John chapter one, Jesus came unto his own people, his own people rejected him. But to as many as did receive him, to them, he gave the power to become the sons of God. You and I, we get to live like Jesus now. Jesus took our place on the cross. We get to take his place in the world. Jesus was the incarnation of the divine and you and I, we're the continuation of his incarnation when people come in contact with us, they're supposed to come in contact with Jesus. Why? How? Because Jesus traded places. Jesus took our place. So now we could take his place. Jesus is not going to be. He's not on the agenda for the meetings that you have today. If you look at the attendance on that Zoom call that you have at 2 o'clock or 4 o'clock or the meeting that you have at 10 a.m., if you look at the, the attendees, there's no Jesus name on there. But Jesus wants to be in that meeting. And he will be because you'll be there. Jesus took your place on the cross. He now wants you to take his place in this world. You take Jesus into every meeting, every conversation, all the activity that you engage in today. When people come in contact with you today, they're supposed to come in contact with Jesus. Number three, and finally, the last point for today. Today's message won't be as long as some of the other ones, but listen, it's as powerful. Number three and finally, live your life in honor of Jesus's death. Live your life in honor of Jesus's death. Going back to these six steps, remember step number one is praying and discerning. That's what I've been teaching on for months, just praying and discerning the will of God for 2022. Praying and discerning. Father, what do you want us to do in this season? Father, what do you want us to do in 2022? As you're making plans, and the next step was plans, as you're making plans for 2022 and beyond, as you're making plans for this season, as you're laying out a vision board, as you're laying out your one-year goals and five-year goals and 10-year goals and long-term goals, as you're laying out financial goals and business goals and relationship goals and marriage goals and all that stuff, as you're laying out your health goals, all those things, as you're praying and discerning and seeking to write all this stuff down, don't forget that you are Barabbas. Don't forget that Jesus took your place on the cross. Don't forget, because you don't want to forget, you, 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 as you're making plans, you got to remember that I have to live my life in honor of his death. My life has to matter, doggone it, because his life matters. And he died for me. His, his dying for me shall not be in vain. Father, your grace towards me shall not be in vain. My life matters. My life counts. Jesus paid a debt for me on the cross. And so now I owe him something. My, I live my life. I am in debt 
to Jesus. He redeemed me. The word redemption means paid for. It's paid in full. My life has been paid for. Jesus has the receipt with his own blood. And so since he paid for my life, doggone it, I am in debt to him. All to, to him I owe. I owe everything to Jesus. So please, please, as you're making plans for 2022, don't be selfish. Your life is not about you. Your life is all about him. Don't pursue selfish desires. Pursue the desires that God has for you. Don't make your life about the dreams that you come up with in your own heart. Make your life about the dreams that God came up with that were birthed in his heart from the foundations of the world. My prayer for, prayer for you is that you die to self, that you live for Christ, and that you seek to believe what God believes about you. If you can ever believe what God believes about you, and you're like, well, God, why would you want to do that? Well, because I sent my son Jesus. I love you with the same love that I love my own son Jesus. I gave you the same Holy Spirit that I gave my own son Jesus. I love you, son. I love you, daughter. As when I look at you, I see Jesus. The Bible says in 1 John 4 and 17, I quote it all the time, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. But if you read the verse 16, the Bible says that we can, we can stand before God on the day of judgment with boldness. I don't know about you, but I was raised under the, almost like the tyranny of performance-based religion. I was raised under a religious system that put all this emphasis on me and my works and me trying to do everything right. And because I was trying to do everything right, whenever I thought about the day of judgment, it's almost like you would hear in your mind, ooh, like the day of judgment. You would shudder to the thing, oh my God, at the day of judgment, on that day I have to stand before God. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says in 1 John 4 that God loved us so much. God is love. He loved us so much that on the day of judgment, he wants you to stand there in boldness, with confidence. Why? Verse 17 says, because as Jesus is, so am I in this world. I'm going to be able to stand before God with confidence and not fall down on my face, even though I should fall down on my face. Because as I'm standing there, Jesus is going to be like, stand up, stand up, stand up. It's okay. I got you. Yeah, stand up. I want to fall down on my face. No, no, no. Stand up. You're just like me. Yeah, I'm your elder brother. You're a joint heir with me. Everything that belongs to me belongs to you. Come on. There's no difference between you and I. Daddy looks at me the same way he looks at you. Daddy looks at you the same way he looks at me. Come on. Come on. You can stand here, bro. Come on. Come on. Sis, you can stand here with me. You can stand up. Stand up. You don't have to fall down. As I am, so are you in this world. You stand before God with confidence on the day of judgment. Why? Because Jesus was not just an example for us. He was an example of us. He traded places with me. And now we get to trade places with him. This is the gospel, man. I know I teach a lot of stuff. I can teach, I teach all kinds of stuff in the Bible. And I know you like when I talk about this or that or how to do this or seven steps for that. But right now I'm preaching the gospel. And you got to help me share this message because people need to hear that Jesus traded places with us. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and say this. Say, Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to die in my place. I am Barabbas. I was guilty. I had sinned. I was born a sinner. Sin was my nature. I deserve punishment. 
I was born with reservations to hell. Then Jesus took my place. Jesus traded places with me. I repented of my sin. I made Jesus my Lord. And while I was born a sinner, I have been born again. Jesus is now my life. Heaven is my home. The Holy Spirit is my guide. Jesus took my place on the cross. I now get to take his place in the world. As Jesus is, so am I in this world. This is my life. This is why I can say, greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. Please, listen. I know today people get so caught up. They're like, oh God, I want this house and this car and this job and this money and this. Like God, God doesn't have a problem with giving you any of that. But the greatest thing that God did for us was send his son to die in our place. Please live your life in honor of Jesus' death. This is today's word. I love you. God loves you more. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing. Share the message. Come on now. People need to hear this. Help me share this message on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. I love you and God loves you more. I'll see you tomorrow morning.